Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the Outkick Network. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. And we're back. It is the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. 45.5% alcohol by volume. We are down to the final two or three shows of the 2022-2023 season on the Tennessee Power Hour. Jonathan Hutton and myself talking Titans, talking Vols every single week. We couldn't do it without our fine sponsors. Uh, namely, Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, our presenting sponsor on this show. Hutton, it's been a lot of fun. We're down to the nitty-gritty now, down to the end of the season as we're rolling through NFL playoff talk and a lot to talk about with the Titans. It is uh, not a dead time of year, even though the Titans are not in the playoffs right now. And then there were eight. not Well, there are eight teams remaining in the postseason, but also there feel like eight candidates for general manager and offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. There's a lot to discuss today. And uh, Chad, you... Uh, you and I recently grabbed coffee. We were chatting about when we we're the, wrapping up the show, and we were in a beautiful Ford Explorer from Two Rivers Ford. Oh, yes, we were indeed. I love that Ford Explorer. Love all the Ford vehicles at Two Rivers Ford. In-stock inventory, just like this show, is back. Truckloads of vehicles they've been waiting for all year finally made it on the lot. F-150s, the Explorer that we just talked about, Edges, Escapes. Two Rivers Ford has them all in every color, every trim level, with every available option. And don't forget, Two Rivers Ford sells all non-specialty new Fords below MSRP, so you're always going to get a great price. And when it comes to financing, Two Rivers is offering great rates this month, starting at just 2.9%. I always like to mention that when you do business with Two Rivers Ford, you're doing business with a local dealer that's been around since 1983 with an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau. Great people. You're going to be in great hands when you deal with them. So go online to tworiversford.com or give them a call. 1-800-900-1000. 1-800-900-1000. Go see their non-commissioned sales team in Mount Juliet. But whatever you do, do it fast before the in-stock inventory is gone. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. The Tennessee Titans are driven by people as well, Hutton. And there are some very key people within the organization that, as of right now, we don't know who those people will be moving forward. So I guess first question with this Titans team, we know Mike Vrabel is going to be an important part of everything that goes on with coaching how important is Mike Vrabel going to be in terms of personnel? I, I think, uh, look, I don't think he's going to have final say over personnel. I don't know if 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 he was going to have that, Chad, why would you hire a general manager? Okay. Right. Um, I do think he has more control over personnel, though, because to me, the common sense aspect of you had two guys who were contractually together, meaning their contracts expire at the same exact time. And when one of them is fired and the other one remains, the common sense reaction to that, at least for me and how I view it, is that one guy who stays gains more power than what he had previously, regardless of who comes in, because they're not going to hire another executive vice president to oversee Vrabel. Vrabel and the new general manager will report to Amy Adams Trunk. So, yes, I do think he receives more control over areas of that team. Uh, He's done a great job getting the most out of an injury-depleted roster. There's nothing – this is part two of of why I think he does get more power. There's nothing about Mike Vrabel, Chad, and you know this having been around him too. It's not like he's going into a meeting to meet the new general manager and stay silent while the guy speaks. He's going to have opinions. He's going to make sure people know his opinions. And while he's not going to be, you know, out front about it publicly, I think behind the scenes, he knows exactly what he needs to succeed. And I don't think he stays quiet about it, nor should he. And the collaboration will be good for both. It, it, it's good for both to be on the same step. And while I think in many cases, Vrabel and Robinson were on that same step, the goal would be to even improve it further. And so, yeah, I think Vrabel's going to have a big say in this process. 
So let's do a little job profiling here for the Titans right now. If we're going through a list and we're we're listing the criteria of the next general yep. manager of the Tennessee Titans, well, you and I are Amy Adams Strunk combined right now. We're the ownership of the Titans, and we're listing qualities in the next hire that's a must to be the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. What type of general manager does this organ- organization need right now in order to be successful? They need a personnel savant, Chad. They need someone with the ability to put together their scouting staff, their pro personnel and college personnel scouting staff, who all know exactly the type of player this franchise wants to identify. And then the current, you know, the the current group that was trying to build the AFC contender, they did a good job early on of identifying those types of players. But also, you know, they took way too many risks for a group that desired tough, physical, team-first guys. The new general manager has to do a far better job of identifying players who truly love football. You and I have had this chat over the last couple of years. The love of football. I feel like the lack of that cracked the culture of what Robinson was trying to sustain. And from Isaiah Wilson to Caleb Farley, but you can go to some of the free agent acquisitions. Uh, Kevin Dodd, of course, was a draft pick, but also uh, Vic Beasley. There are plenty of others that we can list off here, but those misses and the, the, as they piled up, those misses led to the cracks in the foundation of what the new GM must be able to identify. And, and it's not just about bringing guys in it's identifying who doesn't fit what you're doing right now internally as well. And I think that's a, that's a skill that hasn't been discussed all that much, but it led to why Robinson doesn't have a job. And in many cases, that points back to the offensive line where they've swung and missed twice in the draft early, and they haven't had many hits in free agency there either for depth purposes. You know, Hutton, when, when you have a season like this, uh, I would have always referred to the Titans a team that had a clear identity under Vrabel and under John Robinson uh, of what they were looking for and what they wanted. But when you have back-to-back seasons where you have so many players that just aren't available to play yeah, and your identity becomes injuries um, and guys not being there, I, I don't know that there's an accountability. And I'm not blaming, you know, every you guys get hurt. It happens. But when it happens this level – I think the Titans are a little bit lost in terms of identity. I don't think you can use that as a selling point of this is who we are, this yeah. is who we're going to be. So I, I say these things to say that are we looking at a transition for this organization? Certainly transition from one general manager to another one, but is this going to be a change in mindset? Is this going to be a change in approach that we see with a new general manager as well? It certainly can be. This is their opportunity to do so. And I, I think you know the, the transition of the organization – I'm I'm intrigued just to see the direction that they go because they have changed offensive coordinators throughout the time with with Vrabel, but the you know that the the identity of the offense hasn't changed in what they want to do. Um, I, I think they do need to restructure the definition of the type of player that they want because the type of player they've been bringing in versus it, it, not every one of them, not every player, but the type of players they've been bringing in that don't fit that mold or description is longer than I ever thought it would be. Uh, and it's happened now on like a, you know, annual basis for the last three years. So I think the transition in that certainly, and that, that's very broad, but let's also say like, I just from the outside looking in, you know, that we listen and talk to fans all the time. I don't know what the fans truly think they want. You know, they, they believe in Vrabel, they believe in Amy Adams Strunk and they, they like the direction that the franchise is heading with Vrabel. They like the direction the franchise is heading with the with the stadium build. But in terms of like, what do you want changed yeah. internally, structurally? I mean, I think there's a reservation to just say, well, what they have may be the best option right now. They being the Titans with Tannehill, Henry, and some of the others. Like that, that's their core, and I think fans are thinking, man. The, the window closed fast, and if they do a rebuild, it's another steep climb up that hill based on what they're seeing across the AFC. The oldest quarterback, Chad, right now in the playoffs is Dak Prescott. He's 29. Wow. So it's it's not like you go get the veteran anymore 
in the AFC and, you know, try to rebuild fast, you have to build up. And the Titans are right there trying to do that. Well, here's what we know about fans, too. They are very fickle. Yes. The same fans that would go after one of us on Twitter if we ever dared to raise a question about John yep. Robinson in the draft or John Robinson drafting offensive linemen or John Robinson in free agency that would point to his record of success with other guys and the team's record are the same ones battling me right now every time I say they should not have fired John Robinson midseason right. and telling me why it was the right decision and why he's the one to blame. Give it one more season of sub-500 football, and let's watch this fan base turn on Mike Vrabel. That's about to happen. Right or wrong, that is what will happen quickly. So the blame shifted to Robinson, and I'm not arguing with that. Mm-hmm. He deserved most of the blame. Yep. When a new GM comes in and they, they, they're they smelling fresh as a daisy to this fan base or any fan base, and the team is bad the next year, but the, team, but the fans like what that GM has done for the most part, the blame will shift. The old blame monster will shift towards the head coach. So nothing's forever in this league. We know that, and that includes fan sentiment towards different guys. We saw it with John Robinson. Will we see fans turn on Mike Vrabel if this thing is in rebuild mode a year from now? And the Titans are continuing to struggle on offense with a new coordinator and everything else. Speaking of new coordinator, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the schedule of these hires and some of the coordinator options for the Titans when we come back. It's the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered go to regalrg.com to get started and happy football season hey it's hutton if you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering my friends at edley's barbecue have you covered they've been voted nashville's best barbecue four years in a row but i vouch for their nashville style barbecue far longer from corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings rehearsal dinners and holiday gatherings your neighborhood edley's barbecue location is where to turn edley's is a tribute to all things southern and authentic to all things tennessee nashville style barbecue edley's barbecue Order at edleysbbq.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. The Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee whiskey, Tennessee whiskey, Tennessee sports, Tennessee football to be exact. Vols, Titans, every week here on the show as we enter our last few episodes of the 2022-2023 season. Will we be back? Don't know. 
It's like the great show that you're watching on Netflix right now, <laughs> that it's up for mystery. Are if we it's renewed? Be canceled or will it be renewed and will it be back? We didn't have that deal that some shows get from Apple TV Plus where they get five seasons guaranteed. It'll remain a mystery. It's up to you, the listener, as to whether or not we'll be right. back for 2023, 2024. In all seriousness, we hope we're back. We love doing the show. We love talking. We're, we're located in Nashville, even though we're doing a national show now without kick. We're located in Nashville, still love talking about Titans and Vols sports and football specifically with Jonathan Hutton. I'm Chad Withrow, and a big thanks to OutKick for helping power this episode as well. Hutton, something else we love, authentic Nashville-style barbecue. And that is Edley's Barbecue, Chad, a neighborhood feel, a tribute to all things Southern, authentic to all things Tennessee. And Nashville-style barbecue is right there. Their meat smoked low and slow, made from scratch, side dishes with Edley's. Edley's uses the highest quality meats. They smoke their meats in-house daily. They are great for catering parties and tailgates and everything in between. Small, large, whatever your event size, church gatherings. The event spaces at some of their locations can also be rented out. Again, try the neighborhood feel, bring the family out, and order Nashville-style barbecue across the great state of Tennessee with Edley's Barbecue. And you can find more information online at Edley's BBQ. That's edleysbbq.com. So, Hutton, schedule-wise, when we look at this thing for general manager, uh, as we close up our discussion on GM for the Titans, do you think this is something that could happen very soon? Yes, and as we record this, we're probably looking at you know, over the next week or so, I think, because they have the Senior Bowl coming up at the end of the month, the first legitimate chance that the new general manager will have to get in front of some draft prospects it will be at the Senior Bowl down in Mobile. So that's number one, and that happens right at the end of January. Also at the end of January is the NFLPA All-Star Game, and you would want some of your staff or scouts there Um, The scouting department as a whole would likely stay together through the draft. Um, Black Monday comes the day after the regular season for head coaches, and it's the day after the the seventh round in the NFL draft for many scouting staff. So I think the scouting department stays virtually the same, maybe give or take a couple names um, for the new general manager when he comes in. And then it's off to the races, Chad. So the the schedule picks up now. You've You've got the combine coming up next month. And then free agency begins March 15th, and the new guy is going to have plenty of decisions to make with his own roster, both guys with uh, players with expiring contracts and what to do, and guys under current contract eligible for extensions and bumps in pay. So, yeah, the the schedule picks up now, and the, the time is of the essence to go ahead and get that guy here and settled and situated as best he can be to take off for the offseason that is a big one for this organization. So we went through the job profile of that general manager and what qualities you'd be looking for, Hutton, for the Titans right now. Let's do the same thing with offensive coordinator. Something that will offset what Todd Downing lacked in terms of play calling, offensive structure, everything else. What are you looking for for the Titans at offensive coordinator? Well, let's start with the ability to layer calls stack calls on top of each other. Think two, three plays ahead. Setting up something on second down and eight that can get you, if you get into third and three, what you're going to do. If you pick up the first down on second down, you can layer a call on top of that to get you back into uh, you know the second and third and manageable yet again. I don't think the Titans have done a good job with that since Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator. Layering calls from the OC pr- perspective means that the defensive coordinator is chasing the call. He's he's chasing what he's trying to stop, what he could not stop the play previously, and he gets caught in a bad situation defensively because the coordinator is always on offense a step ahead. I don't think Downing was. And third and long was a total hell for Todd Downing. And defensive coordinators got him in that quite a bit. So – I, you know, there's a lot of discussion about, oh, is it going to be pass first, run first? I, either way, the new coordinator needs to be in the moment after they get through their script of the first 15 or 20 plays. How do they stack calls through the second, third, and fourth quarters that allow this team to keep the opposing defense on edge, on the edge of a cliff? And this Titans offense did not do that. So that's, to me, 
number one quality and a offensive coordinator and play caller outside of the fact of being, you know, creative and not being predictable. All of that is uh, what you want in any coach. But as far as what the Titans haven't been doing well, that's number one for me on what they must improve because I felt like Arthur Smith was really, really good at that. And Todd Downing was not. So many question marks, offensive coordinator, general manager, what to do with some key personnel as they start to age, or should you move in a different direction, a different a different position? And what are the biggest questions of those that I laid out of what the Titans are looking at this offseason? What are some of the biggest questions facing this Titans organization? Well, the, it all starts. We're going to get all of our answers on what they do at quarterback and running back with the new general manager. Brian Tannehill and Derrick Henry have contracts that are much easier to bounce out of if the Titans want to do that this offseason. But if they move on, so then the answer to that is, okay, they're not bringing them back. Well, if they move on, what do they do and with what type of player? And That answer tells us how they view their reflection when they have looked in the mirror internally within this organization. We know the offensive line and the wide receiving core are going to be overhauled. That, that's an obvious. But what about on defense? Jeffrey Simmons is getting paid. It's either here or elsewhere. Um, how they treat him sets a tone for this new regime and how they're going about things and dealings and, and contract negotiations internally. So we'll learn that. And then how quickly do they – I also haven't heard this discussed. How quickly does the new general manager and staff and regime, how quickly do they trade away or cut the guys that have not lived up to the expectation of investment and value, specifically – Caleb Farley, Dylan Radins, other players that, that this coaching staff barely even wanted to play on special teams. How quickly did they just say, you know what, we'll take a late round pick. He's, you know, your trial balloon now in training camp next summer. Now, the Titans don't have great depth, so I don't know how they view those guys in terms of we'll bring them in for camp and they can be a body and prove it one more offseason. Don't know. But that's one of the reasons why I put that in my answer, because this this next two, three, four weeks leading up to the combine tells us a lot about the direction that they feel like they're they're headed. Is it a complete overhaul rebuild or is it a retooling thinking that they can still produce a playoff caliber presence in the AFC South? That uh, to me, those are, are big questions that will lead to that answer. Well, one direction that Jeffrey Simmons is going to be headed is toward the bank. Yes. Because he's about to get paid. Well, so look at it from this perspective. They didn't want to pay A.J. Brown after year three. So they traded him. Okay. I don't know how you don't want to pay Jeffrey Simmons after year four. It, just, it, it makes no sense why you would trade away the guy that was disgruntled. Meanwhile, the guy who was making $2 million base and played far above that line, well underpaid for his production, best player on the roster. Why you – who played ball with you, who played through the ankle, why you wouldn't pay him now. And the – Chad, we, we know exactly what will happen if this gets sticky, right? If this becomes a topic. Well, Big Jeff said that they didn't have the money to pay him and they – you know, he was interviewed in late October and he said this – that all comes back around, and it's the question of, are they going to pay the players that produce the most? He embodies everything that they're about, so pay him. And then that should be item zero. Item zero on the list this offseason should be making sure Jeffrey Simmons is taken care of because he's put the team first, and I know the Titans value that. I don't expect them to let it get nearly to the level that A.J. did, and part of that reason is because it's Jeffrey Simmons. And I, I think they he deserves to be rewarded for for being a team first guy. Hutton, in one minute, your thoughts on Monty Austinfort to the Cardinals as general manager and Jim Schwartz, a buddy of ours with the Browns yeah. as GM. Congratulations to Jim Schwartz for the last two years. He's been behind the scenes here in Nashville uh, helping out, but not not present, not public. Um, like we saw with you know Tim Kelly getting the title of passing game coordinator. That wasn't the case for Schwartz. He was just an advisor. And it pays off where he's headed back to be a defensive coordinator in the league again. Monty Austin Ford, who spent 15 seasons with the Patriots. He's been here for the last several years. 
and now he gets to run the Arizona Cardinals after interviewing here for the opening. The Titans let him take the Arizona Cardinals job. That tells me that they're looking from the outside, not from within, at least at first glance. Yeah, I said general manager because I had GM on the mind, defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, moving on to Cleveland as defensive coordinator. Uh, we're going to talk some defense in terms of Tennessee Vols football and basketball when we come back. Hoop season in full stride, recruiting season, Cruton season, Cruton. always in full stride, especially right now. We'll get into all of it. That's next. It's Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From the honky tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered go to regalrg.com to get started and happy football season hey it's hutton get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at edley's barbecue you've got options wings and 25 or 50 count platters smoke pulled pork the best brisket tender turkey and scratch made sides family style edley's is perfect on game day or for take home edley's barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes fresh every day edley's is a tribute to all things southern and authentic to all things tennessee nashville style barbecue edley's barbecue order at edley's bbq with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. The Tennessee Power Hour rolls on across the Outkick Network and across this great radio station in Tennessee. We're powered by Outkick, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton, about to jump into some Tennessee volunteer football and basketball discussion. And that means, Chad, it's all presented by our friends at Regal Realty Group. was just texting with our buddy Hunter Briley earlier today before this recording. He's a busy man. Why? Because it's 2023 now. Everyone's got the new year. They've got new goals for the new year. And Hunter's working with a lot of people selling their home looking for their next home, trying to buy an investment property, you can go to Regal Realty Group and Hunter Briley and his team with Richard Van Clive at any time for any of these needs. Pumped to have them on board as a sponsor of our show. These guys and their team of agents at Regal Realty Group, they're good people. They want to put good people in their network. So if you're looking to buy or sell your house, Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make it easy for you. Hit them up at regalrg.com. Again, the website, regalrg.com. Time to talk some crouton for the Tennessee Volunteers. And, Chad, it was a big junior day in football this past weekend on the Hill. Yeah, and I think what was interesting to me about the the biggest prospects 
that were in Knoxville where you can really siphon them off by position group. Wide receiver, big point of emphasis. Defensive back, big point of emphasis in the 2024 class. Edge rusher, a big point of emphasis. Uh, Tennessee's going through some transition, losing Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt this year. Of course, this is for this next class. So they're looking for young talent at wide receiver. Doing very well with a, a four-star guy like Jeremiah McClellan, uh, leading after this trip for a four-star wide receiver, J.J. Harrell, also. They've got some good receivers coming in in this 2023 class. But I think defensively, Hutton, they, they had a five-star edge rusher in. They had a four-star edge rusher in. Uh, you look up and down the list of guys of what they're looking at. The, uh, secondary, I mentioned, there's a safety from the state of Maryland that they lead for after this trip. Uh, the basketball game that we're going to talk about a little bit later wasn't as successful for those football recruits in watching the game, but it was a very successful recruiting weekend for Josh Heupel on the first of what will be multiple junior days for this class of 2024. One big player to watch at a big position is um, is is a is a quarterback from, and I love this name, Cutter Bowley. He is from Lexington, Kentucky. And he is a four-borderline, five-star guy in the 2025 class who could possibly reclassify if he Mm -hmm. goes to the right team. Tennessee's been in on him early, and even though he's from the Wildcats' backyard, uh, I think Tennessee's probably the leader for Cutter Bowley right now. So that's a name to mention that was in town this weekend also. Uh, But some really good, positive momentum for Tennessee recruiting coming off what was a, a big junior day this past Saturday. Josh Heupel uh, always focused on recruiting. He hasn't had to focus on, you know, trying to replace many coaches since he's been in Knoxville. But one of the areas he's trying to do that right now is at tight end. Where are they on the search for their new tight ends coach? It's looking more and more like they're going to go. I was talking to someone this morning. They're going to go outside the family a little bit for this hire. They did that with Alex Golish. Now, Heupel and Golish knew each other, but hiring him from Iowa State was a little bit outside the box. And in doing that, they got some new ideas into that offense and were able to advance things, especially in short yardage, uh, under center plays, using Princeton Fant as an H-back more and more often. Princeton Fant getting some goal line carries and touchdowns over the course of the year. That was Alex Golish's tight end coach slash offensive coordinator, his influence. Uh, Seth Littrell, who's the former head coach at North Texas, is going to be one of the finalists and someone that Tennessee's talking to for the open tight end job, they're going to start looking at different spots. Now, the other option is, Hutton, and there's a couple of analysts on staff that could get the promotion. Heupel went that direction with Joey Halsley. Alex Golish leaves. Halsley as quarterback coach. He's just promoted to quarterback coach and offensive coordinator. That makes a lot of sense. But I do feel like this is an opportunity if you're Tennessee. There's one train of thought where you can say, why mess with success? Just hire one of your guys that's been, you know, slaving on the staff as an offensive analyst or working as, you know, not a guy who goes out and recruits. I think this is a time where you go out and hire someone that is a great recruiter that's going to bring something to that side of things and maybe can bring you some different ideas. You can say, stay status quo, don't worry about that much improvement, or you can go out and swing big and try to improve your program. I think that's what Josh Heupel will do with this tight end, tight end coach hire. And I'm willing to bet this is a hire that's made pretty quickly. And then once it's done, I mean, it's it's always recruiting 24-7. But once that's done, you're into the the first quarter of the offseason and you're back into that routine. One thing that has been very refreshing with Josh Heupel, as opposed to, I don't know, let's say Butch Jones, has been player development in the offseason. I, I think you can point to a number of guys and say, boy, especially offensive linemen, these guys got a lot better from one season to the next. Josh Heupel likes to break everything out in terms of a football game. And what Tennessee's entering right now as players start to arrive back on campus is the first quarter of their offseason, which is a ton of conditioning, a ton of weightlifting, everything that you would think about with that. This is really a key time because this is the time where players are going to get with a strength conditioning coach and they're going to have a specific plan of what they need to do throughout the offseason in order to improve and get playing time for a lot of these guys. So this is going to be a big part of what we're going to see on the field come next fall, and it's been a big part of Josh Heupel's program. So player development has been one of the bonuses with this Tennessee program under Heupel, 
we're entering now a key phase in that. So not just first quarter in terms of a heightened emphasis on recruiting that we're seeing right now with this past junior day, but first quarter for the current roster in terms of development and getting better for next season. This is a key time for Tennessee football. There are areas where Tennessee has vastly improved and then areas where Tennessee has led the charge. And that's certainly with name, image, likeness and with Spire Sports and the collectives across the country. And you can look around the SEC and see where other programs are lacking. Florida has been in the headlines for the opposite reason. The Gator Collective versus Spire Sports with Hunter Bedour and James Clawson. Uh, It's a no contest. It's a 10-7 if it went to the judges. And let's be honest, it's not even going to the judges because it's a clean knockout. The Spire Sports versus the Gator Collective, Chad, there is a vast difference between the two rivals. And when I say rivals, I'm talking Tennessee, Florida. The Vols are absolutely running laps around their SEC East rival. So as of this recording, Hutton, um, Jaden Rashada is still in the first official holdout of college football (laughs) that we've seen. I mean, that's what's going on. Everyone's reporting it. He's not denying it. The Gator Collective promised him something. They signed a contract, and now they're trying to backtrack on that contract and tear it up and not pay him what he feels he is owed. And because of that, it's become very ugly, very public, and the Gator Collective looks terrible in this. But here's the problem with that. The Gator Collective is Florida football. It is Billy Napier. It is his word. However you want to frame it doesn't matter. This is attached to Florida football. It is the Gator Collective. So if they don't make good on a promise or a contract, word spreads quickly in recruiting, and that's going to eventually hurt Florida. Now, I'm sure there are plenty of people who are getting paid to the Gator Collective, and they're making good on their NIL deals. That's fine. But a very public spat with a high-profile quarterback from across the country that has everyone in college football talking is not going to be good for recruiting in your program. The flip side of that is James Clawson, Hunter Bedour, their entire team with Spire Sports have not heard one thing like this from them. They somehow remain both loud and in the public eye and getting a lot of coverage while remaining very quiet. And I say that as a compliment. We're not hearing about these dealings back and forth with recruits or with players. Not to say that won't ever happen, and you're not going to have some problem. And that's not to say that they haven't been outbid uh, by someone and lost recruits because someone else offered more. But I think what you see is, the key word for me is organization. This team at Spire Sports was way more organized from the beginning. They were seeing the future of college athletics, and they had a big-time head start on everyone else. I think there are other collectives that are playing catch-up, I think there are other collectives that are catching up. But right now, reading an article yesterday, listing through the most powerful collectives, Spire Sports was still right there at number one. The Gator Collective is still top five or top ten based on what listing you want to look at. But this very public spat with Rashada is not good. And Vol fans that are listening to this right now, you should be very excited that you're not dealing with something this public with a recruit that's supposed to be on campus with you that suddenly is holding out. What if Nico Iamaleava was holding out right now? Paul Nation would be freaking out, and they would be blaming Spire Sports. Not happening. Why? Organization, planning, and delivering. Those are the three things that Spire Sports is doing for Tennessee athletics right now, and they're doing it for the student-athletes in terms of name, image, likeness. Tennessee fans should be thrilled about that. You can follow Chad on social at the Chad Withrow. Follow me at Hutton Outkick and the show Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. We're powered by Outkick this hour as well. We're talking all things Vols and Titans. When we come back, we'll talk hoops, the hardwood, where the Tennessee Volunteers, with their recent loss to Kentucky, was it a bad day at the office or a sign of things to come? We'll answer that next on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Hang with us. From the Hockey Tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, Hunt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. 
Head to GreenbriarDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options, wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us for the Tennessee Power Hour. One more segment here on this great radio partner, and we're powered by the Outkick Network. Outkick.com is where you can find us. We are served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Chad, the Vols on the hardwood, solid team. We, we, we've hit this uh, last week. Good team. But also, is it sustainable? That was one of the questions we we pondered. Well, not whenever certain things all happen at one time for Rick Barnes's group. And I'm curious where you come down and, and watching this game against Kentucky. You you called it, and rightfully so, Kentucky's last stand. It had that feel to it. And while they didn't play well either, it was a victory on the road and a big one for John Calipari's group. From the perspective of Tennessee, was Saturday simply a bad day at the office or a sign of things to come? Well, let's let's put it in these terms, very simple, you know, to start with this. Because we've talked football all year here on the Tennessee Power Hour, and we're going to talk a lot of football. Basketball is not football. So for the fans that are way more into football than especially college basketball, two very different animals. College basketball can be a cruel beast at times. They're just our days. People don't like to hear this. I think it's the same in hockey at times. There are days where really good teams lose to really bad teams. There are days where you simply don't have it. Now, Kentucky's a good team. They've got good talent. They haven't been a good team. Let me rephrase. They had not been a good team going into Knoxville. They've got great talent. They were ranked top five preseason for a reason. They have the reigning national player of the year. So I felt all week, and it's why I, I said it, I just thought both teams were due for that performance on Saturday. I thought Kentucky, I don't think Kentucky played great offensively or anything. It was a pretty ugly, you know, kind of a boxing match type game. Some of that was because of the officiating. Yeah. But I do think that they were due a great effort, and that's what they got. They rallied. They played really good defense. They absolutely destroyed Tennessee on the glass with a plus 20 rebounding advantage in the game. And I thought Tennessee, who had blown out, Mississippi State by 35 and beat South Carolina by 43 on the road. I thought they were doing a game where you can get contagious when you're hitting shots. It gets contagious quick, too, when you're missing shots. And that's what happened. Tennessee shot 14% from three. When Uroj Plofsic is your best offensive option, that, that's a bad day because no one else could do anything. And that's the guy you wanted the ball to go to every time down against Oscar Shibway. That's not to your advantage if you're Tennessee. So, Hutton, a long way of answering your question to say, I do think it was more just a bad day in the, at the office as opposed to things to come. Um, this week, and as we record this, Tennessee's getting ready to go on the road to face Mississippi State and LSU. 
This week will tell a lot about that. These are two teams that Tennessee's better than. They should win. Never easy to win on the road in the SEC. It can get tricky. Tennessee just beat Mississippi State by 35 in Knoxville. This is a team they should beat on the road. LSU is a team with a big roster turnover. It's a team they should be on the road. These teams are one and four in the SEC. Tennessee's four and one. They're still in a great spot. After this week, they'll be over the one-third pole of the, of the SEC season. So we're starting to get a big body of work now. Tennessee's still second in the net ranking. Um, all is not lost with that game. I, I will say this, though, Hudden, and we'll talk more and more about this team, but one thing to watch, and it's something I've brought up before with this group, they don't have Kennedy Chandler. I think overall this team is better than they were a year ago because guys are a year better and they brought in some good talent. But they don't have that guy that in a pinch can take the ball off a high screen and get to the free throw line or go score. So they have to create their their offense a lot more than they did a year ago to where in a tough spot they could just go to Kennedy Chandler. They don't really have that guy. So if when the games get tougher, that could be something that rears its ugly head. They have plenty of tools in the belt to go to, but when when you're, there is a bad day at the office, who else can they pull from to go find a bucket? And I know you've said, hey, it, it's time for for Phillips to assert himself more offensively. Julian Phillips took two shots in 18 minutes and had two points. I believe he scored the bucket to put Tennessee up 8 nothing to start that game. And you're thinking, man, Tennessee's off to another hot start. They're just going to roll Kentucky. And it was a tip-in. He's got to be more assertive. He started to do some of that against Vanderbilt in the previous game. He is a guy that I really feel like come March, when Tennessee needs a basket, you could probably go to Julian Phillips, free throw line extended, and if it's one-on-one, he can go and get fouled or he can go and get you a bucket because he's that long, he's that athletic. But he's got to start doing more of that. They can't have nights like that from him against tough competition where he's completely non-existent. If you're looking at the talent on this roster and where it lies, Tennessee's got a good mix of veteran guys that are overachievers over the course of their career. I would say that with Kamwa, Vescovy, Plofsic, and they've got some good young talent. And I think Julian Phillips really leads the way with that young talent. He's got to be better for Tennessee. He's got to be better than he was on Saturday. We could say that about a lot of guys. You know, We can go down the list. You can't get out-rebounded uh, combined Jonas Stadu, Uros Plavsic, and Olivier Kamwa got out-rebounded by four by one player in Oscar Shibwe. That can't happen for Tennessee. they got to be tougher on the glass. Very tough-minded defensive team. they got to be tougher on the glass than they were. So plenty of blame to go around for Saturday's performance. But I am looking at Julian Phillips and thinking, hey, we're mid, mid, mid to late January now. Now is the time to stop, start picking it up and start asserting yourself in league play. And maybe this goes without saying, Chad, but the Vols in in tough league play, tough tournament play, good competition, they're not going to beat good competition when Vescovy and Ziegler are, are playing n- not up to their standard if they're both playing poorly. Well, let me start with this. I- I'm willing to wash this away and move on from Ziegler. I don't think we're going to have many games where he misses three or four layups. And I would say two or three of them, one especially, it was a breakaway wide open that, that he misses. He was hearing footsteps against Kentucky. He's five foot seven to begin with. So while he can take anyone off the bounce, finishing in traffic is going to be difficult for him, regardless of the situation. But he's shown enough in his one season plus with Tennessee that I'm willing to wash my hands of that performance and say that was a tough game. Santi Vescovy is just a, an incredibly streaky guy. He had three straight games where he was on fire and couldn't miss, and you wanted him taking every three. He was bad uh, on Saturday. I mean, the the point total is not going to show that he was bad, but that wasn't one of his better performances. So I kind of expect that from him. When he gets going, it's very difficult to stop. Ziegler, I think, will play better. But Hutton, when you're guards, and that's they're going to be guard-led by those two guys. I thought Tyreek Key was pretty good. I thought outside of Plofsic, he may have been the one bright spot on Saturday against Kentucky, and he's going to be a guy that's going to have a green light. But those are your outside shooters for Tennessee. It's going to be Ziegler and Vescovy chucking up the most three. Josiah Jordan-James, who we will discuss, is another guy in there. But when those guys aren't hitting and it starts to to look like it's going uphill for them, where the contagious shooting goes the other way, Tennessee's going to have to lock down defensively and hope to win 53-48. And they can. 
they can actually beat some good teams playing that way. But when they're playing the great teams in the SEC, especially on the road, that's just not going to cut it. They're losing those games, and those guys can't hit. And you mentioned there Josiah Jordan-James. He is, Chad, the ultimate X factor for this team. Why? One, because his knee issue was one where he's missed enough games this year that I think every game he plays and plays healthy, you have to consider it a bonus. That's the ultimate X factor. I don't know if he's going to be available all season. He's gone through a good stretch now of, I think, four or five consecutive games where he's played. But also, Josiah Jordan-James is so versatile. He could bring the ball up if he's got a good matchup and play point. He can play point forward for you at the four. Tennessee could go really small, and he could play five. He can defend a post player at his size and strength also. So that's a big part of it. Defensively, he's so versatile. He led Tennessee in rebounds on Saturday. He was the one guy rebounding, I thought, in that game for Tennessee against Kentucky. That's something he brings you. And here's the other thing. We talked about Ziegler and Vescovy being key parts key parts of the perimeter game, outside shooting for Tennessee. Josiah Jordan-James is more than capable of knocking down threes when he is open. He is a guy that's developed touch from the outside. That is a big-time bonus, I think, for Tennessee. If he's hitting threes and he's making the defense extend out more on him as well, it opens everything up for Tennessee offensively. So that's always something I watch early in games with Tennessee. If he comes out and hits his first three and he looks like he's getting his feet set and he's shooting that set jump shot from three, that's a really good sign for Tennessee winning the game. And that's going to be the case, I think, moving forward. They're going to need more and more out of him. But right now, I still view Josiah Jordan-James as more of a bonus, kind of a luxury for Tennessee as opposed to a necessity for this team. Just like that, another edition of the Tennessee Power Hour is complete. Flew by, Hutton. Got a couple more episodes. We'll be leading you up through the end of the month. You can join us each and every week right here on this great radio partner. And you can always, if you miss portions of the show, Head over to outkick.com, click on shows. You can download each and every episode of the Tennessee Power Hour right there. And you can also follow us on social at Outkick360 is where you can follow the show daily, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern across the Outkick Network. Myself and Chad Withrow. You can also individually hit up at the Chad Withrow and at Hutton Outkick. Appreciate you joining us and all of our great partners, Two Rivers Ford, Regal Realty Group, Edley's Barbecue. And for Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton saying thanks for joining us for the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey.